Welcome to Despirituality. It's great to have everybody listening. Let's jump into a couple of other scriptures that support the Gentile church, uh, how Paul was called by God in Acts 9, Peter was given a vision in Acts 10, and then in Acts 11, the uh, uh, early Christians who had no titles and no roles began to reach out Gentiles. All Acts 9, 10, and 11 are all about a pivot. That's what we call it in Silicon Valley. When your product is doing well, but you want to cross the chasm, that's what they call it in Silicon Valley. You want to cross over that chasm where, hey, maybe you've reached 500 people with your product, but you want to reach 5,000 or 50,000. You've got to cross this chasm where you increase the number of people you reach. And I've been wondering a lot is, are we limited in who we reach? Not because we're not out there trying to force everybody to come in. I, I think Christianity is attractive by itself if it's spiritual as opposed to rule-oriented, non-relational. I think it's extremely retractive, but not if when they come in, the culture is so crushing that somebody thinks I couldn't possibly be here. In Acts 13, 46, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. Remember I told you that audience, people listening, folks? I said that they went to the Jews first, and that was what God wanted. Then Paul and Barnabas, Acts 13, 46, spoke out boldly and declared it was necessary that first we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. You know what? They didn't even know what that meant because at that point they were thinking the world was flat. And so they thought they, they, they were dealing with the known world. They didn't know what the farthest corners of the world were. Now, I understand for you, you know, the, the, the biblically astute that he's not saying here that um, he's not just saying expand of the Gentiles. He's saying these Jews here were unworthy of eternal life. Got it. I understand it says that. Point I want to make is this is chapter 13 of the book of Acts that they're expanding, they're going further because it was a limited number of people who were Jewish. And God's whole thing was, I don't just want the people who were chosen first to get it. I don't want just them to get it. I want everyone on earth to get it. All the hundreds of years that have gone by prior to this have been in the interest of not only having the chosen people that I love know me, but having them be a vehicle or messengers by which every man and woman in the world will know. But in order for that to happen, that the, the Jewish faith would lose its relevance. It would lose, I should say, its primacy. Now, in Acts chapter 15, and we're not going to go through it, you should read it yourself. There was a huge debate that broke out in Acts chapter 15 because there was a tension in the church and a division in the church because guess what happened? And if you're listening, hang in there. And we're going to give you in another episode some ways we can turn our churches into churches that are more accessible. But what happens is the Jewish Christians start insisting that the Gentile Christians get circumcised or become Jewish in order to be part of the church. So basically, Jesus comes and says, there's no need for circumcision. Here's how you become a Christian. That's all over. We're moving in a different direction. The Jewish people who became Christians go, we're right with you, Jesus. But once they get into the church, a bunch of them go, no, no, no. I'm not going to church with Gentiles. 
Gentiles are going to have to become Jewish to be Christians. And so these people were becoming Christians and then they were being told, wait a minute, now that you're a Christian, you need to become Jewish. I believe that traditional church says it's not enough for you to become a Christian. You now have to join our Mm. culture and accept every element of it. We're not going to let you change our culture. I had a friend uh, come to church and uh, uh, he's a a college coach and, and, and all this good stuff. And uh, he came and he's, I, I think I alluded to him earlier. He sat and listened to the music and he was like, man, Russ, that this music's hurting, man. You gotta, you gotta pick that music up. I can't, you know, and he, he, he you know, uh, a, 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 a college coach working with college kids, uh, 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 you know, uh, he just wanted some hip music. And, uh, and uh, I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. And also when you come out, if you ever speak at your church, when you come out, I think you ought to have a theme song played as you walk out. I go, what? He goes, dude, do you know how cool that would be? And he had all these critiques that weren't negative, but were like, man, we got we to gotta pep this bad boy up. And I used to love talking to him because I felt like what I was having happen to me is every tradition that I had inherited or been taught was being torn down by this guy who said, your church is inaccessible to me because you're doing things that you all like and you're doing very little that I like. He used to love listening to messages that helped him and talks, but he would come to church grudgingly because it was like, mm. and whenever we would make a change, because I started listening to him, he would go, oh, that was so awesome. That was so great. I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about traditional versus non-traditional churches. Now, I'll say one more thing and let you guys get in here. I do not believe it's wrong to be a traditional church. If you like traditional songs, if you like a traditional setup, if you like a traditional organization of your service, if you like a traditional building, I don't think that's wrong. I think there are lots of people who would love that. But I think we have to have some churches decide to be bold and say, we're going to be non-traditional and we're going to open the door to non-traditional traditional people. And in my upbringing spiritually, I've never really been, I was never given that option. Let's change it up. Let's do it different. Let's rethink it. Uh, I have uh, Stone Eliezer with me, Kenzo Chua, Parker Allen. What do you guys think about all that? Yeah, that's really good. I think I, I was I was laughing when you were talking. You're talking about the uh, they're trying to make the the Jews circum or the Gentiles circumcised to be like the Jews. And I was thinking that's like you go into yeah. church and they say you you gotta stop listening to Rick James if you want to keep coming here. <laughs> so I was laughing about that, but but I think that that's a really interesting story with the uh, your friend that came and uh, even what you said. You know the the. Uh, I mean, the whole point of it is the message is to get the message, like to get the, the good news and the word out to people. And I was thinking it's like it's right. like I was talking with some friends yesterday about about chorizo and chorizo burritos. If you got some really good chorizo in a burrito, but everything else, you got some nasty eggs, some nasty, I don't know, <laughs> rice or, or whatever else you got in there. It's hard to get the good chorizo if you got all this weirdness outside of it. <laughs> But uh, so I was thinking about that because I was like, man, yeah, sometimes we got to change yeah, uh, how we deliver the, the package, how you how you wrap the burrito in order to get the good stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, we, we, we got to we got to figure out that if you stay blockbuster, mm. 
you're going to eventually go out yeah. of business because Netflix is coming yeah. from somewhere. Netflix is coming. And I think the belief that, I think one of the beliefs people have is that schools and churches can be resistant to change. Many people have said that if someone came from the 1940s and came to the world as it is today in 2021, there's two things they would recognize with no problem. Schools Hmm. and churches. If someone came from 1800s, someone said, I think it was Luke Gertzner when he ran IBM. He said, if a man came from the 1800s and he said the two things he would recognize are schools or the, he said the thing people recognize is schools. And I thought it's true of churches. If you go watch a movie from the 1930s, if you're that, if you're that courageous and they have a church in it, you will look at it and it will not be very Mm. different. Yep. There's lights and screens, but it's still pretty much the same thing. And I think when you look at all the innovation that's gone on in the country, when I was coming along in college, boy, this is going to age me hard. <laughs> you know, the only way you could make a phone call is if you went somewhere where there was a phone built into a wall or on a desk. Oh, man. And you had to go to a pay phone. And that it's just crazy. If I, you'd be out and you went into a pay phone. I got I, I, I missed the T. I was living in Boston and I got to the T station after the time when the last T went and I was stuck. And so I went to the payphone to call people to see if there was anybody who was awake at after midnight who could drive where I was and pick me up because it was it was just incredibly too far for me to walk. And I'm putting these quarters in and everything. And when you look forward and you go, you know, we got a we got a computer in our pocket, not just a phone. And you think about that change in the same period of time that that was from, I would think that was the 80s. From the 80s till 2020, there has not been significant change in the way many of us think about church. But there's been significant change in the way the world thinks about almost everything. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking there, Kenzo? What's on your mind? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I think something just, like, just kind of popped into my head while, while we were talking was just, like, I think a lot of people like here can't like in like um churches it's like you can't do this you can't do that mm-hmm. and i think like i don't know like to to even even like what you were, you were talking about like how it's like you know your uh, your friend was like oh you should come out with the theme music it's like i was thinking i was like i mean you can do that that's i mean that's, it's not a bad thing to do that right it's like but but i think like sometimes like I think people get stuck on the can't mentality of like, oh no, we can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. That's, that's, that's not, that's yeah. not going to, that's not biblical. That's not religious. You know, that's not, that's not yeah. God, you know, but it's like, but it's like, yeah. no, what is, you know, like, I think a lot of times people like see the culture of church and then tie like a lot of different things to that. And it becomes law. It becomes something solidified yeah. instead of going, no, that's just how they used to do it. Like they didn't have like, like what you said, like phones on their, you know, like in their pockets, like yeah. literally like whenever like I, I, I do something, I want to listen to music, you know? So when I hear yeah. music, like I start getting more engaged, you know, and I'm like actually doing all yeah. that stuff. So it's, it's just interesting. Cause like, I think like what you were saying, uh, w- w- what really stood out was just like, yeah. Like, um, I think a lot of times like the churches like end up like just staying with the, with the religious mindset or the mindset of just like not changing because like they focus on the can't and uh, like cannot instead of like the can of what you can. I love that. I, I, I love the focus on the can't. And it, you know, what's funny is that there are plenty of uh, one of the things that happened in Acts 15 is they had to have a meeting to talk about the, these rules 
that the Jewish Christians wanted to put on the Gentiles. Mm. And uh, one of the references uh, that's made by Peter is, uh, I think in verse 10 of chapter 15, so now why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? Mm. So the question being asked was not what is our tradition, but what is our purpose? Not what is our tradition, but what are we really trying to accomplish? Mm. Sometimes I think that there are people who hear the idea of, yeah, we say can't too much, but there is a there is an element of spirituality involved. So, like, I remember thinking through, do you want to really walk out the theme music? Well, there's a level of, of, of celebrity-oriented showmanship, mm-hmm. attention-seeking that comes with that. So I sit down and say, spiritually, you can, you know, it, it's, as the scriptures say, it's permissible, mm-hmm. but is it beneficial? Mm-hmm. And so I think that many times people jump at, and I think there'll be listeners going, yeah, I feel that way. I think we ought to just, you know, throw this away. I'm going to go do this. I want to be crazy. I want to go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, the first question you have to ask is, or the first thing you have to tell yourself is, Kinzo is right about this. We should. We need to have less of a camp mentality. Uh, we need to be better at talking about what we're for than what we're against. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what traditional religion does oftentimes. It talks about what it's against. It votes about what it's against. It campaigns about what it's against. Uh, but I think the camp mentality is has to be has to be uh, has to be overcome with a foundation of spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 really saying because I think a lot of people go, yeah, I want to do this, I I I I want to start sitting on balloons at church because I think that would really be exciting, and then as the air came out, it would sound like everybody was farting, and so it would bring a good musical you know, and an aromatic uh, environment to the church. Okay, so let's say somebody decides they think that's really the way to go. Right. All right, you go, okay, now, 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 just exactly, other than you, who's a balloon lover, <laughs> how, how many people does this really benefit? Yeah. And I, I, think it, it, I think that's the question we always have to ask. But what I love about what you're saying is, we should at least have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. We should at least have the balloon conversation and maybe even take a little group, put them in their own room, preferably one I'm not in, and let them start the balloon farting, you know, church service. And if that works, and then if a bunch of people start showing up, guess what? We're all going to get balloons and start sitting on them and let, and, 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 and let the harmony and the aroma uh, 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 bring about a, a great harvest of, 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 of happiness. Um, but I, but I, I think it's a conversation we're gonna have, and oftentimes I think people who lead leaders, they get their security from saying you can't, mm. and I think that's something that that causes tension between people who believe in God and are Christians and people who lead. Is there's always a you can't. Now I do think you have to put unity around that. Like, are we all going in the same direction? Mm. Because you know, let's take the Warriors. What's great about the Warriors is they're all unique personalities, but when they get on that court, boy, they're on the same page. And everything is about how do we win together? Not, you know, Steph Curry's not just saying, I want to prove people I'm great. I need to average 35 points a game. He's saying, I want to win. What do I need to do to win? And so that's a, a mentality. But again, I come back to this. I think we get in trouble when we always have, as you said, Kenzo, the can't mentality. And I also think we advertise the church terribly. And it's a bad word probably to use, advertise. But we market it badly when we start out with, let us give you the five things we're against. And, and let's put them on our site. <laughs> we're against these five or ten things. And so if you even 
if you even think about thinking about those things, don't come here. Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I just think we have to rethink it all, all, all together. And so uh, what, what, what's on your mind? You look like you're going to say something else there, uh, uh, Stone. Well, um, I was thinking about, as you were talking about um, uh, the, the Gentile church, how in, in the time uh, today, I think we more gravitate toward wanting everybody to be like ourselves, right? And, and instead of we trying to find, trying to create an environment where everybody would be like me, and we sort of make the church like that. You know, I want people that come into the church to be like me. And so however they come in, we try to make them into who we are and what we're more comfortable with. And I think that was what was radical about what Jesus was doing, and particularly in the first century church, first century where the Gentiles and the Jews who had a lot of animosity between them and different cultures uh, were blending together. And it really, I think when you make friends that are not like you, uh, it, 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 you know, can be a, uh, interrupt your routine. Making friends is interrupts your routine. To, to love people and care about people, you have to be willing to, to interrupt your routine and also uh, intrude on your ability to control everything around. You. Yes. So I think that the uh, the time that we live in today, we know the churches are sort of the last bastion of segregation. They're the most segregated places still around. True. And for us to make a church that is attractive to everybody, we're all going to have to learn to be comfortable with just uh with people who are not like us and that's what makes it more fun yes. but it also makes people more uncomfortable and that's i think the difficulty people have in terms of wanting to grasp this idea is that you know uh i like my traditional religion because most of the people around me are like me and if i go outside of that i'm going to be less comfortable and but i think that's what Jesus was trying to get people to do is to deny themselves, right? And love people, which is, that's how you get, you know, uh, attract people uh, of, of all kinds. And I think that's what the church is supposed to do. But anyway, I do think sometimes uh, we uh, forget that oftentimes uh, our main sort of uh, goal is to be around people just like ourselves. Yeah. And that's not what Jesus called us to do. That's awesome. Learning to be comfortable with uh, 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 in, in an environment that uh, creates a comfortability for other people. And that doesn't involve compromise. Yeah. You know, today uh, on this particular episode, and we're going to hit you with another episode, or we're going to uh, hit you with another episode in a little bit. Uh, but today we talked about non-traditional, uh, how to build a non-traditional church, getting comfortable. So this is really a conversation about building a non-traditional church, a conversation about what can we learn from the way the church pivoted in the New Testament from being predominantly Jewish to being diverse. What can we learn from that? And that's the conversation we've been able to have with Parker, Kinzo, and Stone. And what we hope it'll do for you is we're not trying to establish rules We're not trying to say it's got to be this way, but we're saying we got to question. We've got to push ourselves. And most of this has been uncomfortable for me. We hope you'll enjoy this uh, and continue to listen. We'll be dropping another one that's connected with this 14 ideas for building the 21st century church where we really nail down. How do you build a church that's spiritual? How do you build a church that 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 gets that gets to a place where we start to ask the questions What's going to allow somebody who maybe has a multicultural view on life to come into our church if we're monocultural? And so we really want to ask that question in our next episode. Thank you for listening to Deep Spirituality. Thanks for the guys being here. 
Uh, this is a wrap on our episode about how to build, how to get involved with building and thinking about a non-traditional church. Uh, and this is the conversation that we hope will continue with all of you.